Welcome to the Connection Podcast. I'm Jason Keister, the show's producer, here with hosts Drew Boreen and Lexi DeLuna. Let's get ready to connect with somebody new today. Welcome to the Connection Podcast. We're here with a very special guest. This is our <laughs> Mother's Day week, we'll call it that. I got three mothers with me here. We have got Camille Keister back again. Hi. We've got Tina Marchant. What's up? Also back again. Yeah. And then our special guest today is Cindy Carlson. Thank you. I've been called special, but not in a good way. (laughs) (laughs) For those who don't know Cindy, she is Tina's mom. Woohoo. Yeah. My whole life, even. Yeah. Guys, you got... (laughs) We're we're gonna release this later, but we're the day before general conference. What are you guys stoked about for conferences here? Watching it with my grandkids. It'll be fun. Wow, this is the first Saturday we haven't had like soccer games or something going on for conference in a long time. So I'm excited to actually get to hear Saturday. I usually have to listen to it later. So I'm excited to do it on the day. That'd be fun. Same. We don't have soccer Saturday. Yeah, I don't it, I don't either. The divided attention with soccer <laughs> totally hits different. Mm. <laughs> I I've seen Tina and Alan huddled up on the sidelines watching TV <laughs> on the TV screen. It's happened before. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know if that was conference though. <laughs> but <laughs> probably a ducks game. Yeah. Basketball. <laughs> oh, cool. Um well, Cindy, could you introduce yourself? To those who don't know you, just, you know, you're, if, if you're in a new ward, for example, you're giving a talk, how would you introduce yourself? Hi, I'm Cindy Carlson and my daughter's Tina. Enough said. No, <laughs> that's not everything. <laughs> okay, fine. I will be 65 this year, ancient of days. I am large of stature, width-wise. Uh, I have four children. All of them are married in the temple. All still active. I have a husband, which is good, for 44 <laughs> years. Um, and he, about five years ago, told me he no longer believed in the church or that there was even a God. So we've had some readjustment period there. It's been a journey. It's been a journey uphill. Um, I have 13 grandchildren. Seven girls and six boys. And I am surviving cancer for the fourth time, which is always fun. Now, this time it won't actually be a survival. So (laughs) I have ALCL, which is anaplastic large cell lymphoma. Yeah. So it's in my lymph system. So it's always there. So it's just a matter of time. But it's good. I'm totally at comp peace with it. My kids are still learning to deal with it. It comes and goes. It comes and goes. So that's me. In a nutshell. We just <laughs> came up with a bunch of other things to talk about. <laughs> yeah, that's that's good. Good. We could go a lot of directions. Pump it up. I had no idea. No, I I didn't put that Cindy. in there. No. Oh, oh well. We're, yeah, lately we do have a trend of everybody cries on the show. Oh, so, yeah. Okay. 
And it's going to be me today. (laughs) Sorry. Um, Where are you living now? I live in uh, Sawarita, Arizona, which is 20 miles south of Tucson, which is 40 miles south of the border of Mexico. Okay. Not because I want to be there. (laughs) My husband, though, is allergic to grass seed. So we lived here in Eugene. And when he got pneumonia three years in a row, the doctor said, move or die so we moved and my okay. son was in arizona so we moved where he went i have given a few people that advice this is, the, this is the valley of death right it, it really is uh, i want to know because we interviewed tina she was one of our first interviews actually i um, listened to hers it was awesome it really was awesome yeah um i share that one with a lot of people um but I, looking back on it, I think I probably could have asked her a lot of questions <laughs> if I had more inside information. Uh-oh. What should I have asked oh, her no. that I didn't? Here we go. <laughs> wow. That's a loaded question. Um, how did she decide on her major in college? Oh, that's a good one. And... <laughs> <laughs> Why are you looking at me like that? I don't even know what that look is. Okay, so she so had scared. this boyfriend in college, and she oh. said oh, to me know. one time, she says, I really like this guy, but he has a big head. And I said, <laughs> Oh, no. Not, and I, not and I said, um, Well, that's something you need to worry about because if they think they're all that, then that can get worse. And she goes, no, I mean, literally has a large <laughs> head and it really bothers me. And I didn't know what to say to that. I just laughed. <laughs> I was like, oh, this is true. <laughs> Alan calls him big head Josh. What? <laughs> <laughs> so, so Alan knew this guy too. Um, um, he knew about him. Uh-huh. I don't think he ever met him. Because I, I started dating Josh. We dated for just like a couple of weeks. And then I came home for the summer, the summer in which I met Alan. Yeah. So it was kind of a... And when I went back to BYU, I, I told Josh I wanted to see where it went with this guy I met during the summer. Which was his idea, by the way, to date other people while we were yeah. at home during the summer. It so was. I feel like it's his own fault. <laughs> but he didn't take it very well. So he and Alan never met, but... Uh, totally. Alan really wanted to invite him to the wedding. Just a little salt in the wound, I think. <laughs> this totally, and, and this is where my mind goes. I don't, I don't know if this is actually what it was, but I totally think of like Seinfeld, like something they would go off on. Like, I totally like this girl, but she has a big head. Yeah. <laughs> it was. It was. We just wrote an episode of Seinfeld just now. Think, yeah, this is, I'm sure that's how they do it, right? That's <laughs> Real life experience. <laughs> we had another question there, though. So how did you decide on your major? Mm. When I went to BYU, I was actually undecided. So my whole freshman year, my that was my major, was undecided. Um, and so I just took a lot of different classes, hoping something would spark some interest. And they didn't. So I was still undecided. Um, but it came time to register for the next year and I got a letter or an email, I can't remember. And, um, they told me I wasn't allowed to register until I picked a major. I was like, oh, that would have been good to know. So (laughs) there was some panic days in there, um, lots of prayer, lots of scripture study. Um, I think I actually just took my scriptures and found a quiet place on campus one night and just read and read until, 
I came across a scripture that I swear has never been in the scriptures before, but (laughs) it was there that night. um, And somehow it was just kind of like um, that I knew what I should do. So I picked elementary ed um, and it felt like the Lord was okay with that. And I think I had some other options that I think he would have been okay with too, but um, that one felt right. Um, It fit with my patriarchal blessing, which tells me to pick a career in which I can still take care of my family. Um, So that was one that fit really well with that. And so that's where I ended up and it worked out. So Mm -hmm. that's really neat. (laughs) Those are cool moments you can go back to. um, I think a reminder too that even though I think God wants us to go deep and look big picture, I think he's also like, Hey, I care about you. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I want you to have a good life and yeah. uh, do something you enjoy and feel passionate about. Yeah. That's really cool. Yep. Uh, I'm going to go around the room here. Camille, what do you want to, what do you want to ask Cindy about first? Oh boy. Um, She's tough. She's <laughs> a tough well, I like, okay, you taught early morning seminary for 16 years. Yes, I did. Like, what was that like? Did you teach the same? long years. <laughs> Come on. Early, well, 16 like consecutive years? Yeah. Wow. And was it like the same age group or did you bounce I, around? I started with the freshman, sophomore, and then I moved to junior, senior. And I was pretty much that. I did take a year off when I had cancer uterine cancer the first time I had to have a total hysterectomy. Um, I took that year off. And then I came back and was Tina's freshman class. Mm-hmm. And then the next year I moved up to junior, senior. And she had her favorite teacher her sophomore year. Not so much. <laughs> no. It was a rough year. <laughs> <laughs> but it was fun. We started at 6 and then like only the first three years. And then after that we were at 530. Oh, wow. Every morning. I think I was at 6.15 my whole time. Were you? Yeah, 6.15. 6.15. Is that when they didn't have the zero period anymore at 7? Yeah. Yeah, we didn't have zero period. It wasn't a thing. So that must have happened after I graduated. So probably with after starting Mike's class. Yeah. yeah. What's it like having your own kids in the seminary? It's awesome. It's really, it really is awesome. You get to, well, except for one year. <laughs> We hadn't told the kids that I had cancer. We just said I had to have an operation. <laughs> and Tina was in my class for the year after. And it was David and Goliath. And so I have this life-side Goliath poster that I put up. And everybody writes down on their marshmallow something that they've had to overcome. And then they fling it at Goliath. And uh, everybody says, well, you haven't ever had any trials in your life. <laughs> and I was like, and oh, happens. okay. And they're like, well, name one. And I said, well, I would have to be in eye cancer last year. And then I looked over at Tina and she's like, what? what? <laughs> Tina, we'll talk after class. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> Whoops. We just didn't want him to worry. So that was. I got better. That was, yeah, I got better. Better. <laughs> but it was really it was nice to hear their testimonies it was nice to hear their inner thoughts um i don't know did you ever feel like i wasn't your mother just a teacher Mm, I, i just didn't ever separate the two okay like it was always just one and the same like it's my mom but it's my seminary teacher you know like 
I don't know. It's kind of weird having because Andrew's in my class. Right. So that's I thought it would be weird, but it's not. It's I don't know. It's it that, is right? it is it's, fun. It's the only cool. the only thing I worry about sometimes is like sometimes I avoid calling on him because I feel like I've called on him a lot and people are gonna be like, well, stop calling on your son, you know? <laughs> and then I feel bad because I'm like, but he has something to say. <laughs> Some of those moments. So the, the balance is a little tricky as a teacher, but as a student, I never, I never, I don't know. I always enjoyed it. I, I like the way my mom teach, taught, teached. Teach. Oh my gosh. I, I like. Well. <laughs> she teached so teacher. good. Uh, yeah. My master's degree is really coming out. Um, I like the way that she taught. Sometimes if I needed a sub, like if I knew that my, uh, like gospel doctor, Sunday school teacher wasn't going to be there, I would, I would be like, my mom will do it. (laughs) And my friends would always ask for her, can you come teach the plan of salvation lesson? Like we did that one so many times. I don't know why, but they were really into that one. That was a fun one. What was it about the plan of salvation uh, lesson? Well, you, especially that you think they know all about it. They've got it all down. And so I throw stuff in there that they don't know. <laughs> and it's fun to watch them figure it out. And Tina would always, like, if the discussion, I would just let him keep going with the discussion without offering information because it was fun. And Tina would say, Mom, what's the answer? <laughs> <laughs> I definitely like to have the answer. I'm a puzzle solver. So I think the plan of salvation appealed to me because it felt like puzzle pieces coming together and then they just finally fit. And you're like, oh, that's why this and that's why this, because it's part of the plan of salvation. And so it just made a lot of sense to me. And I think that's a lot what like what kids really crave. Yeah. And I think we were young and so they hadn't really got to like the the what ifs kind of thing you know and i like to explore the what ifs well what about this you know and i was like we don't have doctrine about that and i was like well i want to talk about it like yeah. well it's really interesting to me and i and i think mom was never afraid to talk about the what ifs well that's really interesting let's talk yeah. about that you know what do you guys think <laughs> yeah so it was just kind of fun to fit those pieces together and then explore different ideas that was like well i want to know about this and you know, and she just was never afraid to talk about it and also never afraid to say, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know the answer to that. And we don't have that in doctrine, but that's really interesting to think about. You know, <laughs> so we, we did that a lot. Yes, we did. <laughs> Actually, you're already answering one of my questions about how you maybe connect with younger people. I think that's a big one, actually, is just being well willing to dive into those waters of uncertainty or uh, places where there is ambiguity. Um, well, I just, um, before this last cancer, I was teaching Sunday school, 14, 15 year olds. And before that I was young women's for ever 10 years in the same ward I'm at now. And I just love the youth. I just love them because they, they're not afraid to ask the question as long as they know you don't care what their question is. It's, it's all good. Um, and, and I like to flip it back at them and say, wow, that's a good question. What do you guys think? And see what they come up with. Cause I like to see their minds working it out and, and it's so fun. And I've just noticed from the time I started seminary up, this youth are strong. I mean, I, when I first started seminary, if I said apply, they would have looked at me and said, what? <laughs> so I would have to say, well, how about this application? 
Whereas by the time I ended, I remember that oh, it was my second to last year. We were doing revelations, and which I love. I taught that class like, I don't know, 15 times for adults and four times for the youth. And it's just, you learn something every time you go through it. But we were doing revelations and I said, <laughs> so we can learn revelations in three ways. One, you can do a self-discovery where you decide what the symbols mean and we talk about it. Or two, I can just lecture you about it. Or three, we can play games and do some insights that way. And I've never had a class that said, lecture me. <laughs> but this one kid raised his hand and he goes, didn't you say that Revelations is all about our time minus six verses? And I said, yes. And he said, then don't you think we should know it? And I said, maybe. Probably. <laughs> Probably. And he's like, then we should do lecture. And I said, well, let's vote on that. Because that would have been a whole lot of study. I, don't I really didn't want to do that. So... Uh, every hand went up. We went the lecture. So we did verse by verse for oh. a month. And it was fun. We discovered all kinds of things. And one, one of them I had a quote from uh, the prophet that said, we don't really know what this passage means, but when it comes, you'll know what it means. And this same boy raised his hand and he goes, well, wouldn't that be the oil spill? And I'm like, oh, my heck, it's the oil spill. <laughs> it is. It's, it's there. there. It's like, that's so cool. <laughs> yes, that's one of the signs all the time. So it was fun. They're just, youth amazed me. I could be with them every day. How do you build a relationship with them? Because I, I was reading a, a description of, I think it was like a blog of how to get ready to be a seminary teacher. And, <laughs> and, and There's no thing that prepares yeah, you. <laughs> and, it's like, and one of the things they manual. said... One of the things they said was get to know the kids, get to know their siblings, know their pets' names. And I think it was just an attempt to say, like, go deeper than you think you need to. Um, yeah. I just particularly, you know, Cindy and Tina, I wonder your thoughts on that. Well, I would not only get to know them, but if they were having a concert or playing tennis or a game, I would go to it. And a lot of them would say, why are you here? And I'm like, because you're singing. And they're like, you're, you're here for me? Yeah. <laughs> and you guys were great. So just have to show that you really do care about them. But if you're fake in the first day, you say, I just love you guys so much. They'll be like, that's it. It will take you forever to win them back. Because <laughs> yeah. they're like, they don't yeah. get that instant love. Even though you really feel that instant love, they don't get that. And they haven't seen it yet. So you have to kind of steer it into be real with them and interested in who they are and what they do. Yeah. Cause I think like they can really pick up on like, if I've had that kind of experience with that instant love that you're like, you feel it for them. But if you say that they're like, well, you don't know me, you don't know me at all. And, and I understand that too. Cause I've had those kind of thoughts too, right? Like that person doesn't know me. How could they love me? But um, it really does exist. It's there for sure. Um, but like I've noticed, I go to, I try to go to their concerts and their games and things too. That they don't always tell me when they are. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you should tell me when they are. <laughs> yeah, I've been trying to get schedules for so long. Anyway, um, <clears throat> but I do like to do that. I, I like to talk to them when I see them out places. Just say hi, um, and remind them that seminary they should be there at six thirty. <laughs> <Just laughs> putting in that plug. Just putting in that plug. Um, 
but also, what was I just thinking? I don't know. I Oh, I know. Because mom does this really good too, but it's showing them that you care about things that are important. So in order for them to care about seminary, they need to know that you care about seminary. Like, why is seminary important? Like, why would I even want to be up this early in the morning? And what is so great about the scriptures? And it it can't be fake. It has to be real. And I think when they see that you're excited about learning from the scriptures, then it gets them excited about learning from the scriptures. And um, I think that just comes naturally to us Mm -hmm. because we love learning from the scriptures. So we're like, we're total gospel nerds. And yes. (laughs) And we talk to each other all the time about different stuff like, oh, did you see this? Oh, I just heard this thing about about that verse, and I never thought about it that way. And and I don't know, in seminary, that's just kind of natural for, yep. for us. And then I think it helps them be like, oh, there is really cool things in the scriptures. Like, it's not just boring. And even if they just read it and was like, um, that was really boring, you know, but then we start talking about it and they're like, oh, like, I get what that means now. And <laughs> You know, I think that that kind of enthusiasm just rubs off and it's fun. I had a um, year that was difficult. (laughs) Kids just wanted to compete. They didn't want to know. They didn't want to learn. So someone said something really interesting that I hadn't thought of before. And so I picked up my pen and I had my scriptures open. I said, I'm just going to write that down here with your name and date with that thought because I'd never thought of that before. And then it became a competition. Who could get into Sir Carlson's book? <laughs> but it had to be something I hadn't thought about before, something deep. Yeah. And it kind of changed the class around, you know. At first it was like, we're going to find something. And then it was like, oh, I just thought of this. And it, it just, it was great. It was so great. And they did that. So I have names all over my scriptures mm. <laughs> with dates. He said this yeah, we get a lot of analogies in our class because I love analogies. I love analogies. <laughs> so the, the kids are creating their own analogies often when they go to explain how this applies to themselves. They're like, oh, it's like if you have this butter and you're like, okay, this is this is good. You know, but then like it always relates and they do such a good job. So you can see like your own personality kind of rubs off on how the class runs. And so it's like now it's so many people are like, oh, I have this analogy I just thought of. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> let's do it. I love analogies. Tina's super good at getting her class to apply. No, they they do it. They, they do it on their own. I don't even ask them to apply. They're just like, so that's like when we have this in life. I'm like, yes, yeah. it is. You guys are on it. You're on it. It is cool. I think another it's another thing about this generation that impresses me a lot. Um, and when in doubt, ask Andrew Marchand. <laughs> He's my safety valve in class. If everyone's silent, I just look over Andrew. What do you think? <laughs> he likes to study. He has an answer, but um, <laughs> no, I, I'm I'm learning a lot. Um, I think you guys have reinforced some things that I've found to be true, but maybe never put them in words. I I think particularly with the youth, you feel an instant love sometimes. Yeah, and yeah. I think that's charity. You yeah. Know? Um, but you do have to tread those waters carefully because if you come out gushing, I love everybody, <laughs> yeah, which I've, I've done that, you know, <laughs> it, it can come across as fake, even though you don't mean it to be and it, and it's not coming from that place, but I think you just have to show up. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. 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 I think we could move on to another topic here tina what do you think we should talk about 
Um, I want to hear about Sadie's miracle because I don't think I know that story. Okay. So (laughs) when my husband told me he didn't believe in God anymore, I struggled a lot in our marriage, struggled a lot. And so one night I just said to the Lord, I don't know what to do. So tell me what to do to make my marriage better. Tell me how I can get back to where it was. And the Lord said, get a dog. So I hate dogs. <laughs> nothing, nothing, you know, don't want to send anybody. I hate dogs. I know what you mean. We, we, we had two dogs, but they were outside dogs, and I did not like either one of them. And uh, so we moved to Arizona, and, and I just thought, I don't think so. So I got up off my knees into bed, and the Lord sometimes has to yell at me. And he goes, get a dog, a house dog. I'm like, I am not, and I was speaking out loud, I am not getting a dog, especially a house dog. It's not going to happen. So he turned over and tried to go to sleep, like sing a song so he can't intrude into my mind. That didn't work. And so for the third time, he said, get a dog. So the next morning, I got up and called my friend who's dog had just had puppies. And I said, are all your dogs gone? She goes, well, they're all gone except for the runt of the litter. Her name's Sadie and my kids want to keep her. And I said, well, here's what we need to have happen. (laughs) I said, I need a dog for Roger. She goes, you hate dogs. I know. But the Lord told me I needed to give Roger a dog. And she goes, Okay. And I said, so tell your kids, save my marriage or keep the dog. It's their choice. (laughs) uh, The guilt trip. She was like, that is not even nice. I said, well, just, I want you to talk to them so they know I'm not stealing him. So (laughs) So you're just like, yeah, I'm getting the dog either way. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, the nice way. So she called back and said, you can have Sadie. And so I went to Roger and I said, we have a dog. And he goes, what, did you get a stuffed dog or something? Because he knows they hate dogs. I said, no, she's a little runt of the litter. She's a skipper ski. They're from Denmark. I don't know either. But she is a little tiny. And he goes, really? I said, yeah, we need to pick him up. But he goes, okay. So we went over. And he said that that single event, because he knows how I feel about dogs, changed everything inside him Mm. to focus not on disappointing me and how he's a terrible person, but that this is something we could love together. And we did. So she became like part of the family and to him, like a child. I mean, he yelled at my grandson. Oh, I was going to say, he loves the dog more than us. More. Yeah, he does. I think he does. does. (laughs) Um, So... He went to there for a walk and he has to cross three streets and then a really busy street, a six lane road to get to the desert where he likes to walk. And at one point he lets her off the chain so she can run around. So he had done that. And just as he had done that, a motorcycle came over the hill and she is deathly afraid of motorcycles. She just it's scared to death of them. So, so Roger looked up, saw the motorcycle, bent down to get Sadie and she was gone. She was gone, and he searched for her for like 10, 15 minutes. Then he called me, said, Sadie's gone. And I'm like, gone where? And he's like, I don't know. She's gone, Cindy. I can't find her. So I said, well, I'll call Don and Mike and Chris. All my sons live there and have them get their families. And 
we'll search for her. But she's so little. She's only six pounds and a hawk. We have lots of hawks and stuff that they get little animals all the time. And I thought, man, I just knelt down and said a prayer. And I said, this dog means so much to my husband. Please, please let us find her. So I thought, well, maybe I should sit on the front porch in case she comes home or the kids come over with or whatever. So I opened the door and she was sitting on the mat. Aww. And there is no way she could have done that. There's no way she would have crossed that street. There's no way. So I said, who brought her home? And the Lord said, I sent someone. We carried her home. So I called Roger. I said, she's home. And he goes, who's home? I said, Sadie. <laughs> Sadie's home. And he goes, there's no way. I said, Roger, she's sitting on the front step. And he's like, wow. I said, maybe an angel brought her. Total silence. <laughs> and he goes, maybe she was brave. Like, no, she's so not brave. But that was his explanation. But that story was just like a miracle to me. And then as I told the grandkids uh-huh. who had been lurking for her, I said, you all know Sadie, she's a little scaredy cat. There's no way she would have crossed any of those streets on her own. She wouldn't have. And it wouldn't have been time either for her to do so when she came. So wow, that's, that's my Sadie story. You never heard I, that story before. I don't know. That's a new one for me. I hadn't heard that what one. Do, what do you think about this the Sadie miracle? I think it's pretty cool. It is pretty cool. I, I know my dad always wanted dogs. He loves dogs. So yeah, that we had two dogs growing up, and one of them would get out all the time, all the time. Sunny. Like I was always getting calls from the neighbor, "We have your dog." Again. <laughs> I'd have to drive my car down to pick up the dog, <laughs> and Licorice was like just a big dumb dog, like super nice but just Slobbery. dumb. Like he ran me over so many times just because he didn't Peter. see. <laughs> he just like bowled me over backwards a few times. <laughs> Chris but, loved him. Oh, yeah. Dad dad and Chris, they loved him. It'd be like in our family. Like, none of my kids dig animals at all, except Emma. Like, Emma so bad wants a dog. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm showing Camille a picture of a skipper ski. Oh, yeah. I wanted to look that up. It, it looks like a combination of, like, a Samoyed, a German Shepherd, and some Yeah, other. except she's smaller. <laughs> she's and really she's small, white, and she's tiny. blonde. Yeah, she's like, okay. white white with a little yeah. bit of well, gold. she's a cross with a toy poodle. Okay, so that tea tiny, the tininess, yeah. the front of the litter. So her cute. her brothers and sisters are knee high, but she's but she's, she's little. Oh yeah, she's tiny. Yep. Alan wow. calls her the rat dog. Rat dog. He's like, I think I've seen rats bigger than her. <laughs> we'll have to look through pictures uh, after this. Um, you answered this a little bit already, but it sounds like having this dog was an important part of healing your heart during a really important time. Yeah. I was wondering, looking back, what, what did that really mean to you? How, how was this helpful or. Um, well, for me, it was (laughs) a little bit of a complaint to the Lord. I started out as I didn't do anything to deserve any of this, right? I had a husband who returned missionary, faithful member, strong our whole life. And then one day due to different circumstances, he decides it's not true. And I didn't do anything to deserve that. And then he, then he tells me to get a dog. And I'm like, that is wrong. 
just wrong because you know me. You know I don't like dogs. <laughs> it's double punishment. And then it turned more into trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy paths. That has been my life motto for ever since as a teenager. And so I thought, fine, I'll trust. And now I love her to death and she's just adorable. I don't love her more than my children, but (laughs) 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 But it also showed Roger that I would go to any lengths to keep our marriage going, Mm -hmm. that I loved him enough to get past this point. And at one point I asked the Lord if he could just send his mom to him so he could know when then things would be <laughs> back to normal. But the Lord laughed at me. <laughs> doesn't work so, like that. Doesn't work like <laughs> that. The Miracle after <laughs> the faith. Right? So when I feel like it was so often the Lord shows us in ways that are unexpected to us that he sees us and he sees what we need, even if we're like, I don't. I don't need that. That's not that's not what I was talking about, you know. But I I feel like he does that more often than not to show us that he sees us. Yeah. Even though it's like that's not the answer I wanted, but Definitely he says not. I see you and I see what you need. This is what you need. And you're like, "Okay." And Roger at one point <laughs> asked me how why it changed my mind, so I told him. I said it was me because you know how I feel about dogs. And he didn't say anything. But maybe he's just treasuring that in his heart. And at some point, <laughs> it was like a bird or something. I think it's the wind shut on oh. the storm door. Yeah. Just, oh, okay. uh, scared me. Oh, yeah. Stormy. <laughs> wow. Um, it is hard. Like, I think everybody sitting at this table, we've firsthand dealt with family members that went through a faith crisis. Um, for me, it hit me pretty hard in my own family and your family, Camille, when this happened to us. Um, I'm looking, Camille, what what was your experience like? Because you've dealt with this with several family members. What's that been like? Um, at first, it's, it's shocking to hear because you don't expect it because they mm-hmm. grew up with the same parents as you, the same values, the same teachings. Um, I have two of my, I have five siblings two of my brother uh, well three of my brothers all went on missions but two of them have since fallen away from the church and um i don't know exactly what the catalyst was for all of them but they all um so three of my siblings have fun sorry <laughs> hey no, just silence your cell phone I'm for so this sorry you didn't say that I mean, Tina, silence yourself. It's not mine. You silence it for the movies. (laughs) 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 Nice. So yeah, half of my siblings have fallen away from the church. And like I said, I don't know what, what the catalyst is, but um, it's just, you just have to love them and respect their boundaries. And I don't know, like it's, it's not easy to go through. And I know it's not easy for my, for my dad to see um, because my mom had had passed away, and I assume that that has to do with with some of my siblings passing away. Why would God take our mother at such a young age? Mm-hmm. You know, just um. So yeah, just hard times. It depends on who you go to for comfort and mm-hmm. and strength. My yeah. two of my brothers left the church. Still left, not back, and um. 
that was hard. And then my son left. Um, and that was really hard. But Lord is very kind. And he said to me, don't ever use what if I had. Don't ever say that. It's not from me. It just leads you down the wrong path. Your son made his choice. You're not responsible for that choice. You taught him. So that one was really hard. And I thought, okay, I've gone through that. He came back through a girl, just like the Lord said he would. And uh, (laughs) takes a woman. It was a woman. And then when Roger told me a year later that he no longer believed, that was crushing. That was crushing. Yeah. But the Lord in his kindness leads me. Well, one thing, it was my brother, Mike, just younger than me. And one thing he said to me um, when he was afterwards, when he was working on uh, becoming temple ready was what was really important to him is that we still invited him to things. We still loved him. We still, you know, he still felt like he was part of the family and that that never changed. And so I think that that's probably the biggest thing that you could do when you have you know, people that you know or love, just keep loving them. Yeah. You know, their decisions and your decisions don't have to be the same. Right. Just just keep showing them love and, and you know, maybe they never decide to come back. And you need to be okay with that too because, mm-hmm. you know, we got, we got to be okay with our loved ones and who they are. Um, sometimes we have to require boundaries, you know, sometimes depending sometimes. on what their decisions are. But uh, he he did tell me that that was one of the biggest things he felt was that we just kept loving him and that and he didn't feel like he couldn't come to family things because he was different. So oh, that's yeah. good to know. I didn't know that he was. A, it was a hard one for me until I just one after like five years. I just on my knees and said, "I know you love him as much as I do, and so I'm giving him back to you." And I literally felt the burden lift from my shoulders. Mm. And the Lord said, just love him. That's all I want you to do. That's it. Just love him. Don't try to fix him. Don't try to mend him. Just love him. So, okay. That's great advice. I have to admit it's something I I need to be better at is the not making it awkward and continuing to invite for friends and, and family that because people are going to go away from the church. It's just going to happen. It, mm-hmm. If you believe in prophecy, it's it's going to be Even a thing. Very mm-hmm. um, but, you know, I, I know I could be better about inviting and, and keeping people in my life because I, I say I will, and then they leave the church and it's like, okay, well, I don't see a church anymore. So <laughs> It does become harder. <laughs> I think I think you have to make extra effort because yeah. it's not the same, right? You don't see them all the time like you used to. And and so you have to make more of an effort to kind of maintain any of those ties that you want to. Yeah. It's definitely harder. And I think there are tender mercies that God extends to us when we do have family members that go through a faith crisis. Mm-hmm. Um, I think for me, even though it was Camille's family, they're, you know, they're like my family and uh, it hit really hard when they went through their own crisis. And I remember just sitting outside in our backyard one day and I was just almost having my own kind of moment where just thinking, are they right? You know, or mm-hmm. am I missing something? Am I foolish? 
you know, for just sticking around all this time. And I don't know if you guys ever went through that, but. Yeah, it's um, hard because like my brother fell away years ago and I didn't even know about it until like a year or two later. Oh, wow. I had no idea. And, um, and then just, yeah, just recently in the last couple of years, it just seemed like my family members were dropping like flies. Mm. And so it's just like, they start talking to you about all this stuff and you're just like, it kind of makes you question sometimes, (laughs) like, where are you guys hearing this? And yeah, maybe, maybe we're, we are missing something like, and yeah, we had conversations. I remember us talking and just praying that the most you know the the deepest the most honest prayers ever and i remember god just saying oh it's true (laughs) it's true you better you got got it right you already know this (laughs) Um, like why why are you questioning yourself i feel blessed because that was around the time i I think god put you know the marchants in our life and some other people that i remember even talking to alan marchant after that time and he, he just said you were you were about to leave the church huh and i was like I think I might have been, you know, <laughs> but God had other plans and and he had mercy on us at that time. Um, yeah, it's it's tough, though. I think a lo- everybody's going to go through that yeah. Yeah. at some point. And I think the story of the prodigal son means a lot more to me now. Yeah. Um, just that it makes me sad in that story when the son goes away mm-hmm. and you and and then the other son is angry about it when he comes back, you know, and you're like, ah, but what have they missed? What has he, he's been eating with the pigs, you know, like yeah. it hasn't been all sunshine and rainbows. It started out great, but then it wasn't so great, you know, and, and, um, I just think it just brings that to life more to me to think, well, what about all these years that they're missing out on the blessings of the gospel? And I get to have that. I get to have it every day. And, um, so it just, it changed it from a, well, that's not fair kind of situation, you know, like why should he get the same blessings? Why should there be a party for somebody that threw it all away on purpose? And um, it just changed my perspective on that to just say, wow, like they've missed a lot and I'm sad for them and I'm not angry. I'm just sad. And then at the end be like, yeah, I'm coming to that party and I want them there and I'm throwing it and I'm bringing all the presents and all the food. Like I want them to be there. And, um, just how exciting that is when they come back. Um, they don't always come back. My brother came back and that was really cool. It was really cool. We got to go through the temple with him. And then later again, when he got sealed to his wife and it's fun, he talks to me about the gospel now, which is really cool. We were close, um, but I think we're closer even. Yeah. So I think it's just that story just all has a new meaning for me, different right. perspective. He knew he could go to you. Yeah. He knew. Don, he wasn't so sure of. <laughs> Don was a little bit could. of the angry brother, yeah. but I think he's mm-hmm. come around to seeing yeah. it from a different perspective now. But yeah. I've had that experience yeah. too with a sibling who fell away and. I, I remember my parents always told me that story and I hated that story because <laughs> they'd always be like, look, we're, we're like the dad in the story and we're, we're just waiting for their son to come back. And I'm like, dude, you guys spoil them. Like, <laughs> like, he doesn't deserve that. I'm here trying to do the right thing. What are you talking about? Yeah. Um, but you do see it different now. It's, it's when you see somebody come back and I've had a brother come back and go through the temple and after being away and it, the joy you feel with that, the deeper connection you feel. um, It's awesome. I think it was even better to go through with him than it was when I went through for myself. 
Yeah. Like I could see that. It just was so much better to know that we were there for him and that he he gets to have those same blessings is like it's so much a better feeling. So like I get that scripture where it's like your joy is full when you bring one person to the Lord, but when you bring many, it will be even more full. And like just having that experience, it's not there's so much about this life that's not about us. It's about the people that we serve and the people that we're with. And and we get more joy than even we feel for ourselves when when we get to do that with other people. Yeah. It was nice to have them all in the temple with all their spouses, minus Roger. <laughs> but it was special to have them all there. I thought I would never get that. Mm-hmm. Mike was out for 10 years before he mm-hmm. came back. Was, no, it was like 15. 15? So mm-hmm. I feel like we need to talk to him sometime. No, he's, cool. yeah, he's a cool he guy. Would be, you would love him. Oh. He's a great kid. I want to talk with you about being a pediatric nurse. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> I love pediatrics. It was just something I fell in love with. I love being around kids. And they heal so freaking quickly that it's just <laughs> fun. And they're just straight up with you. Like I walked into this kid's room and he goes, wow. You're fat. He was like six. <laughs> and his mom's like, oh, no, no, we don't see that. Remember? And she's I'm so sorry. So I, I said, no, I'm fat. It's good. And so I'm fine with that. I said, you know, I'm practicing to be Mrs. Claus is what I'm working on. And he's, <laughs> and he's like, wow, you're doing a good job. Said, Thank you. And the mom's like, I'm so sorry. I'm, we're going to talk about this. I said, no, it's okay. They're totally honest and it's cool. But that's why I, I love it. It's fun. No, it's a good fun. thing they didn't meet uh, Mr. Big Head. <laughs> so true <laughs> their joy talking to, talking to kids is different because they can't always tell you what is going on in their body yep so how do you learn to talk to them um you know they teach you in school you do the smiley face thing right it never works <laughs> like, <I don't> know. <laughs> so, it's just like does your tummy hurt yeah where is it hurt Right here, does it hurt when I put, you know, you just get to their level. Use their words. It's a tummy. It's not your stomach. It's, Mm -hmm. you know, it's, does it hurt? Does it ache? Does it feel like, I throw up? No, it doesn't feel like that. (laughs) (laughs) But you just have to talk their language and they readily accept you with authority, you know, until you come with a shot and then. Then they're not so sure who you are. So, <laughs> they don't like you anymore. They don't like me so much. That's over. <laughs> but, yeah, just and their language. Another thing you do as a pediatric nurse that other nurses might not is you're also treating the parents, right? Yeah, absolutely. It's a if you don't include the parents, you're not doing it right. <laughs> what? How do you help a parent that's? Maybe worried, you know, because you're you're seeing kids that are pretty sick really on sick. a pediatric floor, and mm-hmm. maybe some of those kids don't have a brightest future. Sometimes, even um, how do you help the parents to heal? Um, you know, you you just have to be there for them. Um, really, like um, I always explain to the patient first, the child, and then I explain to the parents what exactly I'm talking about. And if they have any questions. Um, and then I remember one lady who started crying. Her son was going in for tonsils out, getting a TNA. And she was crying. She goes, this is so stupid. I know this is stupid. And I said, your son's going in surgery. It's not stupid. It's 
it's a thing. It's like, you never know. And she's like, oh, okay. And then she stopped crying. So <laughs> I was like, but you just validate their feelings. Yeah. I mean, really that's what you do with everybody, right? You validate their feelings. And then, then you can go on from there. So yeah, kids get, I only went up to the kids um, cancer floor. I can't handle that because they're saying, well, she was, this is her fifth time back. And I'm like, you know, how do you guys measure your success? Because they're not going home and never coming back. That just hardly ever happens. And, and they're all like, well, you are, we celebrate the smaller things Mm -hmm. and you just put your mindset on that. And I'm like, yeah. No, can't do it. <laughs> so that's hard. I only floated up there a couple of times. I just, oh, it was so hard. So, so you were mostly on the medical floor. Then? Yeah, okay. medical, surgical. Um, but, but you are seeing a lot of really sick kids. Really sick kids. And I, I imagine that um, internally you take a lot of that in. Did you ever just go home and feel like not even exhausted, but just blown? Like- oh, yeah. Lots of, lots of times. Lots of times, especially if we lost one and. That was hard. But Roger's been really good about to need to talk. And sometimes I do. And sometimes I don't. (laughs) Nope. Can't talk about it yet. Are you still working? I'm not. I luckily, I guess, (laughs) uh, quit um, being an RN, retired, I guess, right before COVID hit. Okay. And I don't regret it. But sometimes uh-huh. I miss it. It's probably a good time to stop. Yeah. yeah. There were there were a good lot timing. of weird things. With- yeah, it'd be hard. Yeah. Uh-huh. Harder. Harder. And the and I didn't I guess I didn't well, I started being a volunteer giving vaccines. Mm-hmm. We did a drive through one. We had several, but the one I liked we did drive through and we would have about eleven to thirteen hundred people a day. And Roger would just be like, you're in the best mood. Why do you like this so much? I'm like, well, I'm a nurse and we're weird and I like giving shots. It's just, (laughs) I've always liked giving shots. And two is when was the last time I gave a shot to someone and they said, thank you so much. Like never, never had that happen before. So That's true. Just a little dopamine hit. Yep. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Okay. I want to know, inquiring Mm -hmm. minds. Oh dear. What do nurses really think about doctors? (laughs) (laughs) Look at her. She's like, can't even look at you. (laughs) She's like, I can't even look at you. There are some that I like that include you in the planning, Uh right? And and then, I mean, they talk to you, actually. So they see you more as a peer? Yeah. Well, not a peer, but just someone like, what do you see? That's qualified? Yeah, qualified. That's a better word for it. Yeah, and then there are some that think you are their slaves, and I don't do well with that. They don't think that of me very long. <laughs> yeah. And then um, there are some that don't seem like they care at all. And like I had a doctor come in and said, you know, we turns out that tumor was cancerous and it spread to your legs and we're going to take you back tomorrow and cut it off here and you'll have one leg and then we'll have to watch the other leg, see what we need to do with that. Turn around and walked out. Kid is eight years old. Oh, wow. And the parents are like, what? And I'm standing there going, uh. <laughs> How do you salvage that? Okay, let's talk about it. <laughs> she goes, did he just say he's cutting off his leg? I said, tomorrow. And they're like, that, no, that's not going to happen tomorrow. And I'm like, okay. 
let's make, I'll call him until that's not happening tomorrow. That was a phone call. Mm. Mm. Uh-huh. And he said, I'm coming tomorrow. I said, good luck. I won't support you and the parents won't let you. So you have no choice. They won't sign that consent. Yeah. I said, maybe you should come and talk to them. I already told them. Mm. Mm. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so him, I didn't like so much, mm. but that doesn't happen really a lot. I mean, it happens. No, but it does happen. It does happen. Yeah. But, and you just learn to deal with that. It's, Sometimes you, you kind of wonder, like, what has happened in his career that has yeah, why are you uncaring? Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> you, you wonder, like, like maybe he's, it's just his defense mechanism, you know, be. because it is hard to be so close I, with kids that are so sick, right? And not to care. And, and to, he feels like in order to be professional, he has to be that way. See, but it just kind of makes you wonder. That's a good person. I was just he thinking might. he's a jerk. Well, I, I, think <laughs> I think there's some truth to that, Tina. In, it's not just medicine, but we'll focus on medicine for sure. That I think a lot of people in our profession are just burning out. Yeah. Um, and, and there's a lot of reasons for that. I think it's really complicated. Um Mm-hmm. electronic records um big pharma like there's a lot of reasons mm-hmm. uh insurance companies oh go but uh i think a lot of people are burning out i i think most I people who go into medicine genuinely want to help people and they mm-hmm. have that altruistic mm-hmm. mindset but at some point you just flame out and i i think if we apply, apply broadly it's especially post covid i think you can see that in a lot of professions yeah. I mean, heck, even in the church, I, I think you could see people burn out in their callings, right? Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. And and you think, what they just don't seem to care anymore. Like I think we've all seen that. Yeah. Um, I wonder how like you dealt with that, Cindy, if the those moments you come home and you just feel blown or those times where you feel like you're just burning out. <laughs> like you're yeah, how do you get yourself remotivated? Your bandwidth is gone. Um, Call off of work the next day. <laughs> um, I was blessed with uh, the ability to know that all things are in God's hands. And even though I might not agree with the methods that are happening, I believe he's in charge. And... So if bad things happen, he'll make up for that um, at some point. And and because of that, I don't think I really burned out. Um, but I knew when I was done, um, just before COVID, I knew I was done. I I couldn't I couldn't feel like I should when I'm caring for someone. I was becoming a little hard, and I didn't want to be that. Um, and so I, I, Roger said, we, you should just quit because this is not worth it. And, and I hadn't thought of that before. And I thought, you're right. I should, cause I, I can't bring that back. And once I quit, then I could bring it back. So uh-huh. <laughs> that was good or not, but I've never regretted it. And uh-huh. I, I've just been blessed with that knowledge my whole life. It's in my patriarchal blessing, the gift of faith. And I remember getting that at 16 and thinking, that, what a crappy gift is that? Like, I'm not <laughs> artistic or piano or something great, like, yeah. but faith. And, but I've come to realize that is a great gift. And I've never doubted and I've never, 
lost that love mm-hmm. for him and from him. Yeah. So. Great answer. Thanks. I feel we're probably operating on the same wavelength of how you deal with burnout. For me, it one of the I probably have like five scriptures that just get me through anything, and one of them's where the Savior says, "You know, take His take yoke it. upon us." Because for me, I, a, a ritual I go through is when you feel overwhelmed coming home from work for the day. I sometimes uh, Camille will catch me. I just sit in my truck, and and a lot of the time, what I'm doing there actually is I'm just saying I'm I'm giving you all of this worry and burden, mm-hmm. and I'm taking your yoke upon me. Um, and I, it it sounds like a simple thing, but it's, it's made the hard. difference. It's a hard thing to give it up, and he'll he'll take it. Yep. A little Dairy Queen doesn't. Dairy Queen is awesome. <laughs> Also go there. Helps. <laughs> that helps a little bit. It doesn't hurt. Yeah. It's a really bad day. Peanut butter parfait. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Have you tried the peanut those. butter parfait with peanut sauce? No. You should. Okay. Oh. <laughs> Sounds like no peanut I knew was a sauce. Add a few more joyness <laughs> girth to my stature. I will 100% go to Dairy Queen with you anytime you want. <laughs> yeah. What you doing tomorrow? <laughs> Between sessions, sounds like. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Mel, what do you, what else do you want to talk with Cindy about? Um, let's see here. You want to know what the kitchen angel is? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. There it is. <laughs> She's so if okay, she said if time was not an issue, how would you spend each day? She mm-hmm. says reading, doing diamond paintings, and kitchen angels. So my son Chris and I do craft fairs together. Um, he does spray paint art and now he's doing 3d dragons. Um, and I make kitchen angels and 3d painting. So kitchen angels, you take a dishcloth and you fan fold it. Okay. And then you fold it in half and tie a pipe cleaner. So it's just a head. Okay. And the rest. And then you roll up a washcloth, tie that in, and then a hot pad for the wings and tie that in. Gotcha. Kitchen angels. Okay. They're fun. I sell them for fifteen on my Etsy site, but when I do craft fairs, <laughs> a little plug. A little if you want to look me up me. on Etsy, I, I have to update some super bad. I'm <laughs> catching up on that, but it's fun, and I, I enjoy doing it with him. And tomorrow he's doing his first craft by himself, and he's really nervous. Okay, I mean he's thirty-two. <laughs> Um, three, thirty. He's I'm, in his thirties. I'm forty-one. He's six years younger than me. So, okay, thirty-five. <laughs> he's yeah. thirty-five. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and he's really scared to do it by himself. I'm like, you'll be fine. <laughs> you can do it. Um, so, and it's also, fun. okay, chick flicks. What's your favorite chick flick? Oh, there's so many. Oh, I know. What six it is. Hour Pride and Prejudice. But my favorite, favorite one is the one my children love to watch with me. The slipper in the rose. That's the one. What? Oh yeah, Richard Chamberlain dances with a shoe around the room when he danced with me. Yeah, yeah, we know it. I've never heard of that. Oh, you have to watch it. You have to see it. It's the best ever. (laughs) At least Sunday. (laughs) At least Sunday. Back home. Well, I'm home for. Six hours, and then I leave to go to my niece's graduation at BYU-Idaho. Oh, cool. Oh, so, congratulations. Thanks. So what's what's the setup like for the tick flick? Are we talking popcorn? Like, Oh, yeah. yeah. Popcorn. Mm. Raspberry-filled donuts. 
Raspberry filled donuts. Oh, those are good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 The I've vampire eaten all ones of them, at I think. Halloween time. Same thing. Yeah. They call them vampire yeah. donuts. Oh, no. The, yeah, the, the, the hostess ones. Uh-huh. Yep, those ones. The ones in the box. Yep. 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 Every time. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I need to get some more of those. <laughs> I think you just made a new friend come up. <laughs> I think I did. <laughs> but I think I we've seen cool. every I Hallmark do. movie ever made, maybe. Probably. Yeah. It's probably pretty close. Pretty good, pretty good on I've seen more than I have made. <laughs> well, if you've seen <laughs> one, you've seen them all. They just have different people in them. Well, Roger, if I would go to his sci-fi flicks... Or watch them, and then he would do a chick flick. So that's how we come. That's kind of how we are, but I feel like he's like, I'm behind in watching like shows that I want to watch. That's or true. Movies. Yeah, oh, you're due. I'm due. Yeah. Have you seen the re- <laughs> Have you seen yeah, Return yeah. to Me? Uh, yeah. That's a good one. Ever. Yeah. Tearjerker. Yes. Mm-hmm. I that's feel like we face. watched that a long, long time ago. I think we watched Return to Me. I'm Ever after, sure yeah, just like heaven, just like oh, heaven. just like heaven. Yeah, that's a winner. That. <laughs> that other one I always watch, Sandra Bullock one. The proposal. Oh, while you were sleeping. sleeping. While you were sleeping. Oh, while you're sleeping, it's great. Oh, um, yeah, I'd watch that again. Mm-hmm. Best part is when the kid flies on his bike. <laughs> <laughs> the kid on the paper route that <laughs> the wipes out, throws the paper, and then slides off the sidewalk. It's pretty that's great. Actually, that was my favorite thing to do with my mom. Go to Chick Fil A. I was like, the one kid that would go. <gasps> You're so nice. Yeah, remember, though, you my brothers would never go. That um, what was that movie? Oh shoot! You told her it was not sad or anything, and it was totally oh, pay it forward. Pay it forward. Oh, oh my god! Oh, that's it. Oh, oh, like mom, Two let's bucks. go watch this really Hanky good. Thing. I told her it was movie. a funny comedy. Yeah. Oh my oh, gosh, <laughs> that's terrible. Oh. Saddest movie ever. Ever. Yeah. 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 Wait. <laughs> you just killed the conversation. Yeah. <laughs> I've watched Next some topic. Hallmark movies, though. Atina yeah. wasn't there, but I pretty pretty competently described what a Hallmark movie is in my talk. <laughs> <laughs> was yeah. he pretty accurate with that? He just said I wasn't there, so oh. I don't think I know that one. He's accurate. Yeah. It's possible. Well, I, I, don't I said know. that. I think I said that uh, a girl returns to her small town, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and her fiance from New York is in a lot of trouble. Yeah, because she's going to meet the guy she really liked growing up. Yeah, and I think that's pretty good. That's pretty accurate. That's pretty yeah. accurate. Just about every time. <laughs> <laughs> and there's always either dancing, ice skating, oh, oh yeah, or, or cooking. That. Somebody's a music star. Kind of those two things. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's true. I figure it's the same storyline. They just change the people in their professions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's totally. really what it is. Tina, what are some of your favorite things to do with your mom? Mm-hmm. Um, see. No, <laughs> it's not shopping. I can promise that. She always hated shopping. Oh my gosh. We, we would go Black Friday shopping and it was an all day affair. Yeah. And it was like the night before was all the ads on the floor and you're circling everything you want. And then comes, then comes mom with the list and she organizes it in order of which stores you're going to go to. Like it was torture. It was awesome. <laughs> but we did get to have Jack in the Box tacos in yep. the middle of the day. Yep. which. Still make- oh, yeah, yes. they're mm-hmm. quite disgusting and also good at the same time. Yeah, yes, they're delicious. with a slice of American cheese. What is that about? Yes, but it's so oh, yeah. good. It's the weirdest thing ever. It's just so. But good. I've eaten them, and they're yeah, 
They're I like, love it's been a while. for a dollar. Yeah. Yeah. We, they we used, used to just to call them cold, hard, greasy tacos. Yeah. That was... <laughs> I need some cold hard. Yeah, I need some and cold Burger hard. Burger King tried tacos. to do it. They failed miserably. Oh, oh yeah. I forgot about that. It was not good. It's bad. Burger King tried to oh, do it. Oh, of course they did. Yeah, no. <laughs> it was lucky. Jack in the Box tacos often imitated, never replicated. Yeah. Yeah. So shopping is not my thing. I do not go shopping mm. to look for things. Mm-mm. If I need mm. something, I'll go get it, and that's it. <laughs> like I, I have to have a purpose and a direction. Um, but I'm she likes she likes to wander. Um, what <laughs> what is some of our favorite things? We like to watch movies. I like to watch movies. Um, we like we to like play games. We like to play yeah. games. Only dice games. Lots of games. Dice game. games if I want to win. Yeah. Card games if she wants to win. That's true. Or strategy <laughs> game if Not we just want to make her mad. Yeah, <laughs> I'm horrible. <laughs> we yes, we like, hanging out like with that her camp this week thing. playing games. Yeah, yeah. we played a game that. Not fun. It's called what was summer camp? Camp. Yes. Fun yeah. little card deck building game. It's she, horrible game. Don't ever get lost it. and we're done. And she's like, we're not playing that again. <laughs> we're like, it was a brand game new again. game that you guys had never played. And I was like, if we play it again, you guys will you'll get yeah, better no. at it. You'll get better at it. And she's no. like, I'm not doing no. that again. That's like flat out. I will watch you play, no. but I will. She likes all the luck and chance games. Yes. Although she did make us play Mormon Bridge a lot, which I hate. I don't know that one. What Mormon makes bridge. it Mormon Bridge? Yeah, why is it called Mormon Bridge? That's what my parents called it. <laughs> I don't even know. It's like well, a cross the between name spades is, is and a swear word. Oh, so my parents, my dad changed, he changed it to it? Mormon Bridge. Yeah, but anyway, you have to at every round you have to guess how many tricks you're going to take. Yeah, and that causes me so much anxiety. <laughs> like guessing is not my thing. I cannot do it. I hate it oh. so much. But she loves it. She like it's so I much do. fun. She's like, who's going to guess what? Oh, that ad doesn't add up, so we're not going to get it. <laughs> like it's very exciting for her. I do. I love it. <laughs> yeah. And what else? We like to go to the coast. Oh, I love to go to the coast. Love the beach. Love the waves. And I did not get my love of camping from her. No, I do she, not like camping. I can remember Are you one more time. Like glamper? No, not even. Just not even. No. Just a, <laughs> just a non. It's not her thing. I, Go to I, the, I, I believe the, that if I if I want to rough it, it's at Motel Six. But okay, otherwise, yeah. we're at a nicer hotel. Yeah. <laughs> so true. if I have to share a bathroom, then that's pretty difficult. But I'll do it. I think she came camping with us one time. We talked her into it because we were going to the beach. <laughs> to which she realized that if camping wasn't bad enough, camping on the beach is way Roger, worse because sand is everywhere. Well, Roger says, there's no bathroom. And I'm like, I'm okay with that. I camp with outhouses. I didn't say that. I just said, I'm okay with that. Yeah. So we get <laughs> I was there, surprised. We get there and he says, and I said, where's the outhouse? He goes, I told you there's no bathroom. I'm like, you didn't say there was any outhouse. <laughs> and he goes, yeah, well, I'll put two rocks together for you. Oh, awesome. And then he's oh. like, I can't find rocks, so just squat. Well, squat when your largest stature is not good. So he <laughs> had to kind of hold me while I <laughs> got my pants wet. Oh, and then I, it was so oh aggravating, have so much sand inside the tent. Yeah. I didn't care I, so I, much about She that, never came with us again. I never. I said, is there a bathroom or an outhouse? And if it, the answer was no, they went on their own. <laughs> I'm, I'm done. The first time we went camping, I was six months pregnant with my first child. Mm-hmm. We went hiking in the Uintas, and he had this big backpack for me. And I just looked at him, and I said, I got the backpack in the front. The rest is yours. <laughs> <laughs> so I carried my sleeping bag, and he took the rest. See, I have wow. nurses that I'm friends with. They're just like, oh, I'll just take a Foley catheter with me. <laughs> Dude, oh, that's gross. You could have done that, Mom. 
many fully gather infections I've had to deal with. <laughs> I would never do that. Uh, it's just, awful. You know, start some antibiotics at the same time. Right. You know how to do that. It's fine. You were just talking about how you like needles. I do. <laughs> no. It sounds way simpler than you're making it. <laughs> My husband eventually did get an RV. That was fun. That's cool. Until he couldn't drive it anymore and we sold it. So. Yeah, that was short-lived. I never got to camp at the RV, by the way. Well, you got to sleep in it when we took it to Tammy's for Thanksgiving. I did not. Yes, you did. It was not me. Yes, it was. <laughs> Sorry. She doesn't remember again. these things. <laughs> She's confused as when I left the house. The camper was after I left the house, so that yeah, never happened. Was, but you came with Dawn and we, Robin. We came with Dawn. I did not get to sleep out there, though. I no, was on the couch in Tammy's house. It was there. I'm, I always I'm had the couch in the living room because I could sleep through anything. Yeah, so they always make, gave me the couch. Cindy, what's the best prayer ever? Oh, that's uh, in seminary. Yeah. I just saw right. that as another story here. So there was this two brothers that walked into seminary on the first day, and they were dressed all in black with black makeup, black hair. And they said they wanted to join uh, Satan's church, but their mother said they had to go to seminary for one semester before <laughs> they could do that. And then if they still wanted to, she would be okay with that. And I'm like, oh, that's awesome. <laughs> How many years have you been teaching seminary when that happened? Uh, oh, about four or five. Not, she's sorry, not very many. <laughs> so I had, a lot of people would think that was a long time. No, but that's that true. <laughs> I feel like that's just but, getting warmed up. So I was, one was in my class and one was in the younger class. So the kid in my class was big. He was like 6'5", and he weighs like 250. He's a big kid, and he scared the snot out of me. And I thought, man, he could just kill me right here. <laughs> he wanted to. And I was nervous about the satanic stuff, and I thought, so I prayed really hard, and I'm like, I, I hope I can reach this kid. And um, he just soaked it up like a sponge. Everything we taught him, he's like, oh, really? And he's like, oh, does that mean? And it was just like, it was so fun to watch him do it. And Beth Morrison, Newell now, um, she was my class president. And so one day after a couple months in, she turned to him and she said, would you like to give the closing prayer? And he was like, there's like total silence in the room, like nobody moving. And he said, I don't know how. And she said, I'll help you. And I thought, I'm not saying anything here. <laughs> I was like, and so he said, okay. So she sat next to him and he was like, should I stand? And she goes, we don't have to. And he goes, I think if I'm talking to God, I should stand. Mm-hmm. And I thought, oh, okay. <laughs> so they stood up and she started him in a prayer. And what are you grateful for? And then he would say, and what things do you need from the Lord? And and he was talking about his family and his brother. And and I, I'm bawling, best bawling. I look up, everybody's bawling. <laughs> you could just feel that he was talking for the first time to his father in heaven. And it was beautiful. And he ended up not going into the satanic <laughs> Field and he stayed in the church. In fact, he got his little brother baptized. His family came back to church for a time. His younger brother did go the satanic road. Um, and for several years, 
I kept in contact with them till they moved. Um, but he was just this really neat kid who I was terrified of, but inside he was just wanting to know. So that was the best prayer I've ever, ever heard. You never know. I feel like you could have walked into that situation and just checked out with those two. Yep. I was so scared. (laughs) His brother was really skinny and I thought I should add that one. (laughs) (laughs) I feel a lot safer. I did ask for a a priesthood holder to be in the building for a while. (laughs) It was just two ladies. It's like, really? (laughs) <laughs> you haven't had any uh, satanic uh, cult members? And I, I have not come across that, no. No, but I think if I think about the kids in my class now and last year too, I think they would all be Beths for sure. Like, I think so too. If there was somebody who's like, I don't know how to do that, they'd be like, oh, I'll help you with that. You know, I just yeah. feel like mm-hmm. this group of youth that we have right now are incredible that way. Like, they really do want everybody to be happy you know like they mm-hmm. want to help everybody and they want to they want to be that good and no matter i think no matter where their testimony is at themselves like how strong they think it is they want that for everybody else so i think that's they're they're a pretty cool generation right now i agree with that i think so they i noticed the caring about each other aspect more than with maybe our generation mm-hmm. we there's competition, I think, in every generation, but I feel like we were more that way. It's like, you know, if we're trying to be good, we're trying to be more good than somebody else. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I, I think that's really neat. Did that's you cool. teach in Eugene? Uh-huh. Just all Eugene? Um, yeah. North Eugene North High Eugene. School, mostly. Yeah. And then I had some students that transferred in. Okay. Yeah, we had a couple from Willamette because they were in our ward, but they went yeah. to Willamette. Gotcha. I want to hear about bad day for a 16-year-old grandson who wanted to go to the temple. So I was dropping something off at my son's house, and Ryan answered the door, and he had just tears streaming down his face. So I said, do you want to talk about it? And he's like, yes. And so he took me up to his room, and he closed the door, and then he stuck his head out. Don't bother us! <laughs> and then he told me that he his friends had made fun of him and they'd given him a really awful nickname. And he went into his English class and his teacher called him the biggest liar of all time. And um, he had tried to talk to his mom, but she couldn't get away from work and everything seemed to be closing in. He didn't have any friends he could trust because they were all calling him this awful name. And when he asked him to stop, they just did it more. And, and I just, I just, he's crying and I'm crying with him. And I said, he says, you know what I want to do? And I said, no, what do you want to do? I'll make it happen. And he says, I want to go to the temple. And I was like, okay, that wouldn't have been my first step, but okay. <laughs> I said, okay, I'll take you to the temple when you want to go. He goes, really? I said, yeah. He goes, how about tomorrow? I said, okay, pick you up at school. Really? <laughs> yeah. He said, okay. So I picked him up at school. We went to the temple. He did some baptisms and I watched him. I couldn't get my leg wet. Mm. So I watched him do it. And um, I was sitting there and the temple president came and sat next to me. And he's like, it's like, so what's going on? 
I said, well, my grandson was having a bad day. And the one thing he wanted to do more than anything was come to the temple. So I brought him. And he's like, oh, is that him? And I said, yeah, that's him. I said, he's a pretty incredible kid. I mean, he's just, he loves the temple. And he said, well, you're a pretty incredible grandma to bring in. I thought, no, I'm not, but thank you. <laughs> he goes, no, you are. Like, well, thank you. And then afterwards, um, we went out for dinner and we were talking and he said, don't you just love to be in the temple? He says, if I could be here every day, I would be here every day. And I thought, I don't think I've loved it like that. I love the temple. I love to go there, but things get in the way and then you don't go and one thing and another. And, um, and it changed my outlook of the temple, which was good because shortly after I was called to be a temple worker. So that was <laughs> a good thing. Um, but I was just impressed with him. And for Halloween that year, instead of going trick-or-treating, they went to the temple and did work for the dead. He says, it's Halloween. It's like dead people thing, right? <laughs> Okay. And this time he took a couple of his friends and off they went. And I thought, that is just cool. That's this that generation cool. of kids. Mm -hmm. They're just cool. Yeah. That's really mean. It's making me try to kind of reprioritize my own life mm -hmm. because I I am not at that point yet either where the temple means that much. And yeah. I think it means a lot. Yeah. Uh, you gave us something to think about. There you go. He gave us something to think about. <laughs> yes, right? he did. Yeah, thanks, Ryan. He's at BYU Idaho now. So, in fact, he's, he's going to be singing, singing in conference tomorrow. In conference Ooh. tomorrow, he's with the BYU chorus, so cool. he'll be part of that. It's going to be fun to see him. Um, do we want to get into anything else? <laughs> this is usually uh, around. You want to do nothing going on? <laughs> this is usually around the time. We uh, start winding down. Yeah, I don't know. The only thing we didn't really talk about was your redo. Do you want to talk about that, or you just want to leave that That's alone? My redo. What was <laughs> that? I don't remember. I wish I didn't yell. Oh, yeah, we got to get on oh, that. God. <laughs> you wish you didn't yell at your kids so much. So <laughs> we had Don, and if I said no in any kind of mean tone, he would burst into tears. And then we had Tina two years later, same thing. So Roger and I decided if you are just consistent with your children, you set the <laughs> rules and the bounds, they will obey you. They're, you don't need to yell. You don't need to, you know, do all this crazy stuff. You then just the third child consistent. happens. And then Michael came <laughs> and he decided no meant yes. I didn't care if it was yelled or talked. He He kept trying to grab this. We had a chess piece made of marble. And so he would grab it and I would say, I'd take it from him. I'd say, no, Michael. And I'd slap his hand. And after 15 times, I looked at his hand. It was all red mm -hmm. and swollen. And he's still grabbing. As he's looking at me, he's grabbing these. And I thought, okay, we're going to have to punish this kid some <laughs> So Something one, different. put it out of his reach. Duh. And two, let's find another way. He hated being away from people. So in his room was great. But that didn't last long. Anyways, from that point on, I don't believe I ever asked anything in a quiet voice. <laughs> <laughs> it's not true. <laughs> We'd start out, don't, don't, don't. Uh, Michael, do you hear me? No. Okay, fine. Don't do that. Okay. So every morning, I would 
get on my knees and I would pray, please <laughs> make this one day that I don't yell. Just one yeah. day, that's all I want. Now it never happened, I don't think. I well, have I have to tell always you. always felt bad about that. Always. We did not feel like we got yelled at all the time. Oh, well, that's good. At <laughs> least, well, I, I guess I can't speak for all my brothers, but I didn't feel like there was like tons of yelling going on. It was just like occasionally, and we deserved it every time, like <laughs> well, for real. Yes, but <laughs> and it was all. It would always start like yelled. this: Don, Tina, Mike, Chris, you know who you are, yeah, and we I would be like, that. "Cool." And she was right. <laughs> well, I think it was usually all of us together, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that was fair. Pushing it to see if you can get that reaction. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I got it. Levi, Levi totally does that to me. Like, I'll ask him something, and he'll be like, "What?" And he'll say it in a way that I. I thought he didn't hear me. Right. So I just say it a little louder. What? And I'm just like, can you not hear me? <laughs> I, I think I did it three times. I fell for it three times in a row. And he just smiled at me. I was like, Unless- little punk. <laughs> you heard me the whole time. And he proceeds but, to do what I asked him to do. But I'm just like, and we all know how to We it? all know how to push mom's buttons. Oh, yeah. And we oh, all yeah. did it in different ways. Oh, yeah. You know, like my older brother would just laugh. Like if yeah. she got angry, he would laugh. Oh, and that would like set oh. her off more, right? Like, yeah, that was a big <laughs> Oh, yeah. That's a big button. That's a big button. <laughs> and Mike would just do it anyway. Uh-huh. You know, and that really set her off. I don't remember if Chris ever did anything. He was the kind of the quiet one. Chris was the one that would say, Mom, please don't yell. Like, you think that's yelling? Let me show you what yelling. <laughs> he was no. always more sensitive he than us. <laughs> Tina would my button for Tina. I was don't remember. Whatever. Oh yeah. Whatever. Oh, yeah. Oh, I can see that. Okay. I do remember that now. Mm-hmm. Whatever <laughs> was a big word. It was huge. Yeah. Yeah. Constantly. Mm-hmm. Whatever. My mm. brother. He was older. My older brother, in his teenage years, he's three years older than me. He would, whenever I tried to talk to him, he'd always say so, so, <laughs> and it drove me. That would drive me crazy. It's like, you're my brother. I'm trying to have a relationship <laughs> with you. Can't you just listen? Ooh. So, yeah, so what? So, yeah. Why are you even talking to me, Apparently, kid? He got an ear. <laughs> yeah, that would that would be a button so, for me too. So, mm, I'll show you. So, and I can say that because he's not gonna listen to this. <laughs> <laughs> I remember one time Don was like 16 or 17 and he had a friend that was a daredevil crazy kid named Doug. And he came home and he says, Doug and I are going to go um, skydiving. <laughs> and he goes, is that okay? And I said, I have to think about that. I don't know. So I thought about it. I just had a really dark feeling. And so I went to him. I said, Don, you cannot go skydiving. And he goes, why not? I said, because I have a really strong feeling that would be the wrong thing for you to do. And he goes, oh, you have a feeling, do you? <laughs> I just looked at him because he hardly ever sat me. Yeah, he face. wasn't like that. Uh-uh. And I was like, are, are you making fun of the spirit? And he's like, no. <laughs> I didn't think so. And he goes, I guess I can't go then. No, you can't. <laughs> so that's the only time that he really shocked me. He's like, whoa. Well, you used to always do that to me, too. It was really mm. annoying. Yeah. Like, I, can I go to this thing? I just don't feel good about that. 
but you can choose. Like, yeah, then you're yeah, not really <laughs> choosing. Like, that's not fair, mom, because I can't be like, well, the spirit said I shouldn't, but I'm going to anyway. Like, there's no choice there. She goes, oh, you still have your agency. <laughs> yeah. um, about that. So sometimes being in tune with the spirit was really irritating, by the way. But it, it irritated you more when I wouldn't say one way or the other. Oh, yeah, that was the worst. <laughs> to your decision. I was like, guidance, please. Just tell me. <laughs> I'll choose to obey you or not. No, your decision. <laughs> I have funny tell Antia was she no, was no. big into softball. And her the summer of her junior year, going into senior year, the girls really wanted her to play club. Softball. I don't remember this. Do I remember this? No. And but all their games were on Sunday. So she said, well, I, I can't do club because I'm not playing on Sunday. It's a Sabbath and I'm not going to play. So the mother of the pitcher, the two girls that were pitchers, came up to me and said, I want you to talk to Tina and have her be in club because it's important for the team. And I said, Tina's decided not to play on Sunday because that's the Sabbath. And she said, you know, I go to church a lot on Sundays, but I personally feel that this is more important than mm-hmm. showing up in a church building. And I said, it is Tina's decision. And she was mad at me. Oh, I'd never heard that. Yeah, she was so mad at me. I was like, nope, she's making the right choice. Usually when I said, If they'd say there's a game on Sunday and I would say, we don't play sports on the Sabbath. And if I use the word Sabbath, people backed off. They were like, oh, okay. But if I say Sunday, then they'd be like, well, I don't want (laughs) to argue. But if I said Sabbath, they just totally, oh, okay. That was a fun trick I learned early on. Because you even had practices on Sunday. Oh, yeah. If you didn't go to practice, you didn't play. Yeah. That was like the unspoken rule because OSAA says you can't have practice on Sunday. So it was the un, the unofficial, unofficial, they were optional practices. But if you opted not to go, you opted not to play. Yes, but we had a drag out with you doing on that one. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I said my freshman year when I found out about that, I went to my coach and I said, I said, what do I have to do? Because I'm not going to be there on Sunday. That's that's my day for church. It's my day for my family. I won't be practicing. Um, I'm happy to come in on Saturday. You know, they didn't have anything going. I'm like, I'm happy to come do whatever workout you want me to do, but I won't be there on Sunday. And I guess he was desperate enough. <laughs> he agreed to it. And we did workouts on Saturdays for a couple of months. And then eventually he was like, it's okay. We'll see you on Monday. But you got the assistant coach that said he would be there. Yeah, we we went every Saturday for a couple months. Another girl that started coming, and you had quite a few coming with you, didn't Mm, you? Just one or two. Just one or two. They wanted some extra batting practice. I think one thing I've learned going back to the yelling thing is we're just (laughs) we're just gonna do it. Like (laughs) Like it's gonna happen sometimes. Yeah, so bad. And uh, a couple of things I've discovered are number one i think our kids really appreciate it when we can just come back to them later and say i don't think i handled that very well Mm, i did that a lot i think (laughs) yeah and and there's 
some things I'm not very great at as a parent, but I've, I've always strived for that to just, if I feel like I did something wrong, I'll just let them know. I, I don't hold on to the pride of the moment. Oh. Um, and I, I think the other thing too, is just prioritizing helping the kids to know that they're loved every day. And uh, yeah. for me, it's like some of it's physical affection, just hugging my kids. Cause it, we weren't, that kind of affectionate family. And I always, I always said, I want my kids to feel that they're loved in that way. And, and so hugs, holding my kids' hands, whatever, you know, yeah. um, I don't, what have, what have you guys found? Or, Big or huggers. Well, <laughs> it's funny because it still feels awkward because my brothers are now all huggers all of a sudden, like growing up, we were not huggers with each other, but with my parents, yes, a lot. We were, they were very affectionate with us. We were very affectionate with them. Yeah. But with each other, no. Like, we were way too competitive, I think, for that. Um, We cared a lot about each other. We took care of each other um, as we were growing up. You know, if somebody was mean to my little brother, I was going to – it was like, that's not okay. And my older brother took care of me. Um, And we didn't really physically fight each other. We had a lot of, like, physical games to kind of get out (laughs) our our competitiveness with each other. But um, we didn't ever, like, beat up on each other or anything. But it is funny now because they've all – you know, they've all grown up and now they're all dads. And so now they're like super huggy. And I'm like, it's always a little bit awkward for me. I'm like, okay, (laughs) all right. We're doing the hug thing and I'm getting used to it. It's getting better. And like, I'm a hugger in general, but it just is awkward between us for some reason. And maybe I'm the only one who feels that. I don't know. But I mean, yeah, going back to like the yelling at your kids thing, like when you were saying that it all comes down to letting them know that you love them, like, we never felt unloved. We always felt very loved. And so like the occasional times when we were yelled at, we knew it was because of what we did. Like, it was, it was, you know, earned, it was earned. And, uh, but it was always, it was always a very loving environment growing up. So no regrets, mom, no regrets. I think we covered everything except for your favorite color, which is purple. Oh, yeah. Purple. And we didn't even give you the purple mic. Oh, I'm on the purple oh, my, mic. Levi, you tell me. Your favorite color is purple. Oh, like we missed that board. up. Yeah, oh. I just noticed that. Oh, wow. oh, yeah. We always had a purple car. Really? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, what, what shade of purple? As soon as, as purple came into being like a car color, it was a purple it was car. was your car? Yeah. Uh-huh. We had a purple minivan, and then you had a purple, what, PT Cruiser. Uh-huh. Your car now is not purple, though. They didn't have purple. Wow. Oh. They only had it in red. <laughs> <laughs> you can always get See, it wrapped. Kia yeah, Soul. You could get it wrapped. <laughs> get it wrapped. It, it's a you fine car. You want. Camille's car is purple in her own mind. Oh, there we go. I'll make it purple. <laughs> it's pretty red, but. You're like, it's oh, blue. Yeah, yeah, so like, yeah, in the Tesla, you can make your own little car icon. Oh, and yours is purple. They never say that my favorite color is purple, but everything I have is purple. (laughs) I just like you gravitate towards it. Well, I feel bad now because when we were playing games, I took all the purple. That's all right. She had to be brown today. I'm the same way. It was gold. (laughs) Yeah, gold, mom. You guys told me it was gold. (laughs) I'm the same way with blue. It's uh, everything I want to wear and buy is blue. Subconscious. But I'm like, no, that's BYU. <laughs> it's not yeah. only BYU. Blue is just a good color in general. It is. It is. <laughs> My husband was from University of Utah, graduated from there as an electrical engineer, and I graduated from BYU. So whenever the football games would be on, we'd both get our shirts on correspondingly. Yeah. 
That's always fun. Yeah, so I, I know the family rivalry. It just continues, though, for our generation because Alan was Oregon State and I was Oregon. So it's ugly. <laughs> Mike is Oregon State. I know. We're, we're all Oregon. I have to give him crap about that, but. Yeah. Yeah. As you should. <laughs> <laughs> it's appropriate. Anyone <laughs> want to talk about anything else? Or? It's been well, super fun. It has been yeah. fun. We hit all the subjects on your, your I'm pre interview. Last question a little different. Okay. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. Dang, Mixed I prepared it, it from the other one. No, do it different. We're it's ready. similar. It's similar. Okay. So, because we got both of you here, and this is, is going to be our Mother's Day week. Cool. Um, so, I want to know how has being members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter day Saints help you as a family better connect with Jesus Christ? It's hmm. a good question. Uh, well, I guess the overall thing is once you understand that the Lord loves you the way you are right now at this exact moment, once you believe that, it changes how you treat everyone. Um, and I tried to instill in my kids and seminary kids and everybody that, and I have felt it really strongly the last four years, but really strongly this last year as I've been coping with dying and whatnot. And I, um, I really feel that the Lord just wants everyone to know that he loves them. You don't have to prove yourself. You don't have to be a member of the church. You don't even have to believe in him. It doesn't matter because he loves you just the way you are right now at this moment. And once you believe that about yourself, and that was really hard for me to believe for a long time. Um, I could believe it on everybody, on my kids, on my husband, but not me. Um, but once I understood that and felt it and it changed everything, you know, death is, I'm not afraid. I'm kind of excited, which is weird, but um, I'm, I'm wanting to have them feel that I'll always be part of their lives always. I'll just, and I'll be there for those occasions when their kids get married or they get the priesthood or go on a mission. I'll, I'll get to be there. Um, this I'll be there because the Lord loves them and knows I love them. And I think as my brother passed away just a week ago tomorrow, and that was the last thing he said, <laughs> he said, I love you. I'll always love you. And I'll see you soon. And I said, okay, I love you too. And I'll see you soon. So that's me. Um, I think growing up in a household where we were members of the church um, definitely shaped me. Um, my parents gave me the tools I needed to become. And um, the the example that I needed to understand and, and I always had that goal kind of in my mind because um, my mom wasn't afraid to talk about spiritual things. You know, like, I don't feel good about that was not code for anything. It was the spirits talking to me. Um, 
And I always wanted to be that in tune. And sometimes she'll call me and she's like, you need to do this thing. <laughs> and I'll be like, what are you talking about? Why Why do I need to do this thing? She goes, I just feel like you need to do this thing. And I'm like, okay, so I'll do that thing. And I probably still don't know why I was supposed to do that thing. <laughs> I don't know still on most of the things, but um, it has taught me trust. And I think being able to trust the Lord um, – is so important and just understanding that like, like mom was saying about that, he just loves us. Um, and I think being a member of the church gave me those tools to see it for myself and to feel it for myself and to have those experiences where he has carried me. And those are the things that you take with you, you know, on those days when you feel like you can't do it anymore. Um, is just to remember that he is there. He is there. And I, I think that's the one greatest blessing of the church is that they, it, it teaches us how to find that and how to feel that and, and how to become the best versions of ourselves. And when, when we can be the best versions of ourselves, we are able to hear him even more often. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've always felt that as a, a blessing growing up as a family that goes to church together, you know. And I think we could have found that another way. I think lots of people find it other ways, but I think that um, it's one of the best ways, the quickest ways, maybe uh, the the ways that um, if you can do it as a family is just more, even more impactful than if I was trying to do it alone, for sure. Sure. Cool. I totally agree with what you're saying about it. If if People don't know anything else. Just know that God loves you and mm-hmm. and know that the Savior is there for you. I think for me, personally, I struggled for years. I don't know. Maybe it's how I grew up or how things were taught at that point. But I always I always felt like I have to earn God's love somehow. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I have to repent, keep repenting, and then something will unlock for me. And I, I just stuck there for a long time. And I, I think through a few people helping me, I, I realized that Christ was sitting there the whole time and he was just saying, like, you're good. Like <laughs> stop you stressing. A, you've got a lot to work on, but I want you now how you are. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um and nothing you've done has kept you away from me permanently. Like there is nothing that is unreconcilable. Um and having that unlock, it just, it changes everything. It feels like you have a new lease on life almost. Yeah, yeah. it is. Like everything you thought was off limits for you is there. Mm-hmm. And so uh, that's that's what I want people to have too. And uh, first place is your family. Yeah. Well, by now, so this will be our Mother's Day release. By now, people have realized the Taylor Swift interview was fake. <laughs> <laughs> we'll do a call back to that. <laughs> I knew that was Taylor Swift was going to mention some at some yeah. point. Yeah. <laughs> Couldn't let that out. No, no, we can't. All right. That was super fun, though. Thank you for that coming. That was so good. Thank you. It was fun. This episode of the Connection Podcast. We're on most podcast carriers, so please like and subscribe. The show's art is done by Joel Barine. And the music is provided by Drew Boring. 
We look forward to connecting to you next time. Until then, take care.